Hey there. Welcome to the Literary Escape Podcast. I'm your host, Becky, and I'm glad you're here today. Today, we're continuing our holiday season on the Literary Escapes Podcast, and I've got an author for you who's going to share one of her books, one of her holiday books. So let's jump right in. Welcome back to the Literary Escapes Podcast. I am excited today to have author Aiden Brooks with me. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for inviting me, Becky. I appreciate this. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, to be here. I love meeting new authors and learning about their books. And there's so many, so many books and authors that never enough time to read them all. No, nope. <laughs> yeah, that's the curse of uh, being a reader is having that hugely extended TBR, isn't it? Thank God for Kindle. Because if I had yes. that many books by my bedside, we wouldn't be seeing my bedroom. Exactly. If it's all on a Kindle. It's like, oh, uh, you yeah. can kind of hide it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, actually, I saw that meme recently that Marie Kondo says if you have more than 20 books. And, you know, of course, that guy's saying, shut up. <laughs> you know, go yeah, away. yeah. You know, it's like, so 20 books. Are you kidding me? Does someone, how does someone limit themselves to 20 books? Yeah. So I mean, 20, like in a genre? Yeah. <laughs> okay. 20 books total? No, not no, no I don't see that working for me. No. Nope. So share a little bit about what kind of books you like to write. I write pretty much that's on the darker side of paranormal romance. And I work with mostly angels, demons, and ghosts. And I base this off of what has happened in my life personally. So I grew up in a haunted house. I, I think I've always lived in somewhat of a haunted house. And it's just one of those things when you've had so many experiences with the supernatural and it's such a part of my life that I thought, I've just got to incorporate some of these stories into my books. And that's kind yeah, of what sure. started me on this path of, because it is hard to find your genre. When I first started writing, I wrote historical romance because I'm a huge fan of history. I love, I mean, if you hand me a historical novel, I'm pretty much going to read it. I love history. So that kind of where I started, but it's really hard to write it. And the readers are so ferocious in this category. They know that genre better than most. Yeah. And you have to be accurate. Too accurate. Yeah. I mean, you thought you could sit down and pants this sucker, and then you realize, no, can't do this panel one. No, can't do that corset. No, can't use that phrase. You know, and when you start thinking about all the things that, that you can't do, you said, this is just so limiting. So I had one of my critique partners who had been stomaching my wonderful historical fiction <laughs> and working it to shreds said, why don't you try writing a contemporary? <laughs> Well, so I did. And then she said, now you've found your voice. Oh, that's you know, cool. I hear okay. more, you know, your real personality coming out. So, and that's really kind of what set me on this venture. And I thought, you know, if I'm going to write contemporary, then I have to incorporate what I've lived with my whole yeah. life. So that's awesome. I like that. And I think it's so interesting that you grew up in a haunted house and I mean, so many people don't even believe in ghosts or any yeah. of that kind of stuff. And, um, I guess you don't until you do, huh? <laughs> you don't until you've had an experience. And, yeah. and I think when you live in it you know, your whole life, and the first house I lived in whenever I first got married, it was extremely haunted. Wow. I swear someone opened a portal in that house. And it was wow. a constant revolving door of ghosts walking through the house wow. from day one. And it was, 
you know, and it, it was one of those things where it scared me for so long. And this is back in the day where um, we used to have those Yahoo chat rooms. You know, I don't know if you ever heard of those or ever did those. Yeah. I would go into the Yahoo chat room and hang out in the witches and pagan thing. Um, and that's where I actually met some people who taught me how not to be afraid wow. and how to overcome the fear and how to protect myself. And that was eye-opening and like really changed my life like a 180. Wow. I finally realized that ghosts have no control over me. Where before, I mean, they touch me, they talk to me. I mean, I see them. I mean, they're, it's wow. so, when it feels like you have no control over it and you realize, yes, you do. It was like a game changer for me. Yeah. That's like a flip of a switch, I would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So important things to learn if you're going to live in a haunted house, I would think. Well, in, and I didn't know. So as a kid, I lived in constant fear. I can and imagine. It was just, it was horrifying, especially not understanding and this thing was evil in the basement. Whatever lived wow. in the basement, it was, it was, I would say more demonic. Wow. It would, and when it went on rampages in our house, the cupboards would all open, things would come flying out of the cupboards. And you're sitting at the breakfast table thinking, you're making work for me, buddy. I'm going to have to clean all this up. You know, mostly just scared and, you know, just want to run out of the house and never come back, but that wasn't a choice. Right, right. Yeah. And so, and it was interesting that when you have kids and you live in a haunted house and how to teach them not to be afraid, Mm -hmm. because that was mostly my goal is teaching them. If you see spirits and hear spirits, it's, it's nothing bad. Right. They, and they were once people too, kind of thing. You know, they're just there. And my daughter was adamant that ghosts don't exist. And my favorite story with her is she, we had a ghost that lived in the attic of our garage and the freezer was out in the garage. And I'd say, go out to the freezer and get whatever the school for the next day. And she would go out and turn on the, the light and the ghost would always turn it off. But if you ask them nicely, please turn the lights back on, they always did. But my daughter, being very practical-minded, she's horse, stubborn to the, to the wall, she said, I don't, I'm not going to tell them to turn it back on. They should have never turned it off in the first place. How stupid can they get? You know, she was a nice 11-year-old, giving that right, right. attitude of she knows everything. I was getting dumber by the day. And she just, I finally just said to her, you need to apologize. So every time she walked out, got halfway across the garage, the lights would go off, and they never came back on for her ever again. <laughs> or my boys learned hey can you turn back on the lights they always came back on that they learned so but she refused to give in so Isn't you know that teaching funny? them that kind of thing it's just you just have to learn to work with them and they will listen <laughs> you know that, this is always kind of the fun parts of being a mom in a supernatural house <laughs> that is so crazy yeah how funny so one of the things that I had wanted to ask you about is a favorite holiday memory or tradition Oh gosh, in this one, I'm just passing it to, on to parents. Um, I was a single mom, I divorced when my kids were really, really young. And, and I think we all go through this uh, as kids, when you're looking under the Christmas tree and you count how many presents are yours mm. and you shake them, you know, the Legos box, dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. You know, got a box of Legos, I'll open that last to know what's in it, you know, kind of thing. And so I finally decided one year, I got tired because when your oldest can read and inform the young ones, right. you know, it's, it's all over. 
know, you got five presents, you got six, I have 10. It was always something, you know, it was one of those things where I told my kids, I set a budget for each yeah. of you. And what I buy with that money is what you get. Yeah. You might get one thing you really want, but you might get 10 little things. So it isn't the, um, it is quantity. Yeah. The quantity was the budget and what I could afford. And, and they got it, but they Ish. still, it's just still, yeah, the salt goes in the wound, but they yeah. those presents. And so I went here, I decided I'm not going to put their names on the presents. <laughs> I'm going to put the reindeer, like the Santa's reindeer. So someone was dancer and someone was prancer, someone was vixen. And my sons were always the female ones because I wanted to throw it off again. The, I always put the Legos got their own name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because that was a dead giveaway. Got yeah, everyone yeah. picking up, you know, the Lego box, shaking it and saying, oh, I'm such and such. So it was always a different name. And if family games or movies or whatever, they also had a separate name. Oh, so funny. Because once you're done, we do it in our house where the youngest always goes first. They open their gifts. Mm -hmm. Everyone waits. It's not a free for all. You know, the one person, the one first person opens the gift. And we get to all say thank you. Oh, that's yeah. really cool. Take it out of the box. It's a really long day, but we don't care. It's what we're doing. That that's day. what it's, yeah, that's what the day's all about. Yeah. We, have to, we never had relatives that live nearby, so we didn't have to rush anywhere. I feel sorry for those people I have to try to pour Christmases just on Christmas. Agreed. You know, my heart really goes out to those people a lot. It's got to so, be a lot of work. It yeah. is. Oh, I can't imagine personally. I just can't. But so my kids would, you know, open and go around. We just went from youngest to the oldest. And then if you ran out of presents, you got your stocking. And after your stocking, you got to open the family games. Okay. So, you know, then you would open the family games. We did movies. And our Christmases were all-day jammy party. We, we wore jammies all day. There was no dressing up. There was, you know, we got dinner. And sometimes I did the turkey. Sometimes I didn't. But yeah. it didn't matter. You know, mm -hmm. it was just, it was just a totally relaxing day which is like the polar opposite of what I grew up with so yeah like, you know if you remember your mom ever having to be the one to host every holiday event my mother was like stress on steroids and, it was like, we, and she was like walking on eggshells because it had to be perfect you mm -hmm. know if it wasn't perfect she'd want to do it so Aww, that's a that's hard way to go like. so for me it was like I am not doing that. My kids are going to know it is jammy day and we are relaxing the entire day. That's awesome. I no love pressure. that. Now that way you got to open your toys, play with the toys, build the Legos. And I was one of those people who had a brain injury when I was nine years old. And I have, um, I didn't have like zero kinetic learning ability. I'm like an audio visual learner, but I have zero kinetic learning. I can't put together puzzles. I couldn't Legos. I started Legos with a glass of wine and Advil because I knew if I had to sit down and read that diagram and pick out the pieces and put it together, we were in trouble. Okay. So my boys, my boys always said, mom, come help me. It was like, they had no idea what they were asking. Right. Right. Wow. <laughs> it was not going to happen, kids. <laughs> yeah. So I love you, bud. I said, Here, here's my glass of wine. Sure. I'm, I'm with you, bud. <laughs> I'll hold the directions up for you. <laughs> Can you know those little minds, how fast they work? You know, click, 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 and they get fixed. I always bought them like the big, you know, Star Wars things, the 50 million pieces. And they just, you know, it had no trouble. Just this is this piece. And this goes here and this goes there. And I would and inevitably 
put it on the wrong hole. Where it's like to be on the second one, I put it on the first and then it wouldn't match. Right, right, yeah. And my son would just reach over and just pat my hand and say, you're good for a beginner mom, that's okay. (laughs) That's very sweet. You know. (laughs) That's very sweet. Very sweet, very sweet of my son to do that. I was like, I'm with you, boy, but oh, that's anyway. so funny. Those are, my, those are my tips. If you're if your kids are counting presents and that kind of thing, you can always change it. So one year we were cars, one year we did Harry Potter characters, and you know, as things you know would happen in society or whatever, we would just incorporate that. And I wish one thing I really wish I would have done is kept the list through the oh. years. And I never did. I just that would have been fun. Yeah, that my daughter said that too. She said that would have been nice to look back at. And now yeah. we're down there, my older two are married and now we have the grandkids. And, and so I don't really do that anymore. And the first year I didn't do is after my daughter got married. And I said, yeah, yeah, it was a fun thing to do when we were <laughs> a family. But now that we're kind of getting bigger, you guys are older. You can handle how many presents are mm-hmm. in the tree. <laughs> a little more mature now. <laughs> yeah, you'd like to hope, yeah. <laughs> but they really love that tradition. And I, and I said, well, when your kids get older, and they start to read. My there you go. Is three, and she knows what an L looks like. She and then she can she can read her name, so she would know already at that point. You know what mm-hmm. her presents are hers. So said so, you know just start the new tradition. You know what to do with your kids when that That's happens. Fun. So, That's so a lot. I, of fun. I think it's a it's a fun thing to do. And come Christmas morning, everyone's dying to know who they are. Exactly. That's a what a fun thing to do. I love that. that that's a fun one. So what book have you got of yours that you're going to share with us today? The book that actually is on Kindle Unlimited, it's a Ghosts of Spritz's Past. Spritz's I had actually, as in the cookies, right? As in the cookie. I so like it. Wild Rose Press did a uh, call for manuscripts for um, books involving cookie names. And and I, I thought, you know, I've never submitted to Wild Rose Press, but I really love Rhonda Pender. I love the model of their company. They're very responsive to authors. And, um, and I have a lot of friends who are terrified to self-publish. And I mm-hmm. said, well, if you fit within the guidelines of Wild Rose Press, you should submit to them. They're really good. I mean, Entangled's really good. Um, Evernight Publishing. And there's a lot of companies out there that I, smaller presses that I would recommend if you are terrified to take that big leap on your own. It's a big right. expense, right? So um, I decided I would, I would write a book just for them. They would not touch my material, <laughs> the <laughs> material I write with a 10-foot pole. So I thought, oh, you know, I could do this. So I went ahead and submitted something. It got lost in the email. And the other thing, I had written it, I had written it with one comment uh, about COVID. And they said they will not publish COVID books at all. Okay. They, they wanted to suspend that belief in their readership. And I said, okay, I can take that out. It's one sentence, who cares? Yeah. You know, um, no loss to me. But when I resubmitted it, it got lost in the mail. So um, I wrote him back a few months later and said, hey, I haven't heard, did my book make, did my manuscript make the cut or not? If you're not going to publish it, I'll publish it myself. And they said, oh, we never got it. And I said, oh, no problem. I'll, I'll publish it myself. <laughs> say no more. I get it. Life happens, you know. Yeah. Um, hard feelings. So I went ahead and published this one myself and went through my own editor to spruce it up. But it's basically this young gal who, um, whose grandmother gives her a 
in her will the family spritzes recipe. It's one like one of those um, family recipes you never share with anyone. And she was yeah. the one who got the recipe. But instead of just giving her the recipe, she gave the recipe to three men that she had dated in her past. <laughs> so she has to go and get these date these men again to get that portion of the recipe to find out. You know, of course, the hero in the book is the one is the final one, the future ghost of Christmas, the future. So. Oh, okay. So there's a ghost past of past of the part. present and go- oh, how clever! I love that. So it's kind of where they have a, it's kind of a little different twist, but it, it's Christmas. It's something I've always made every year, um, and I thought, oh, wow, I like that idea. And the grandmother, kind of um, being a witch, had it in her grammar the actual recipe. The recipe she gives to the guys isn't the true recipe. Oh. but it's written in the Ogham alphabet so it's really interesting how she gets the the grimoire and that's the the final one of the of course the hero of the future has the grandmother's grimoire and they go through this as all her memories you know so it's like a trip down memory lane huh. of all the things her grandmother did and it was this cookie recipe that won her grandfather's heart and so it's all these wonderful memories and, and then she says but the recipe is not here and Sahara who points out it is here. It's just written on the edges of the pages. Oh. In, in, a, in the Ogren alphabet, which is like the Viking alphabet of just lines with, it was a straight line of lines, how they cross across. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So if you don't know it, you don't know you it. You don't but, know it. Yeah. But it really is, I wanted to do this. I, I, um, I wanted to write in conjunction with a lot of paranormal books, you come across a lot of witches. And I thought I wanted to write a witch um, series, but I didn't want it to be the super overly magical, I wave my hand, the door shuts. Right, right. Which is, I'm sorry, I'm such a realist. I was a data analyst for years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for HR. So it was like, oh my gosh, I, I wanted it to be realistic. And what, so I went and studied witchcraft and I met with covens and met with witches and, and started learning. It really is all about intent and it's a lifestyle. It's not a religion. And it was very eye-opening. Wicca is a religion, and there are a lot of witches that are Wiccan, but witchcraft is actually the study of nature. And it was very eye-opening for me and understanding a lot of it's around the cycles of the moon. And and I thought, wow, that's not what I was expecting at all when I started on this journey. And I thought, okay, but I really learned so much from the people that I met and how they incorporate witchcraft into their own lives. Okay. And I thought that was very, it was very enlightening. It was a, it was a great journey to go on and learn from some of the best. And then some of yeah. the just, you know, are closet witches. And, and it's nice to see that um, so much of what is incorporated in our society today was all based on witchcraft years ago. How interesting. Um, a lot of making foam broth and all, I, all those things are all based out of, how they did it hundreds of years ago. And that's really what a lot of, I found a lot of like kitchen witches and that kind of thing based it on. And I thought it was very enlightening. So when I went to go write my, um, which is a Whitman book, I do put more of the twin flame or soul flame candle rituals, the other kind of rituals that are in there. But um, I didn't really go overboard on that. And I don't do any of the magical things. Right. That I think the genre typically expects uh-huh. I think I'm gonna have to change that going into the next the actual this was just a 
like a teaser. A teaser, that. yeah. So and in this one, the grandmother is the witch. Is that the grandmother's the witch, and so is the son. The mother's Catholic. So okay, the, the son, her her dad, the main character's dad, gave up his witchcraft to marry him and her mother because there's no way the Catholic mom, the Catholic family, would allow a witch. Jared right. family. Yeah. So he pretty much set it aside. And and he said, but and you kind of find out through the book it, it, later on in the book that yeah, dad said, Yeah, I've always been a witch, but we don't talk yeah. about it around mom. <laughs> and you kind of realize that different religions can come together and love each other and have these great relationships, but there has to be a compromise somewhere, right? Right. And a lot of people can relate to that, that we do come from polar opposites. And so that's really Julian is this person that learns what is witchcraft and what does that mean to other people? And so it's kind of how uh, I didn't want to make it scary or anything. You know, some people hear the word witchcraft and they're like totally turned off. Yeah, there's lots of uh, it's the devil talking thoughts and, uh, going out there. Yeah. Yeah. So there's yeah. Some, and Hollywood doesn't help just like it doesn't with crime drama. <laughs> you know, it kind of they, they mess up all the procedurals. <laughs> you know, you can't count on CSI. Uh, so there's that's kind of the same with witchcraft. So it's it's really it's it's very fascinating. And I it was just a, a nice journey to learn a different aspect of society that has been there for hundreds of years and in different parts of the country is more open to it than other parts of the country. That would and, make sense, yeah. You know, so mm -hmm. this is, of course takes all my all my books are, but the first one is based out of Whitman, Washington which isn't a real town, but it's um, based basically in Western Washington, where Issaquah and North Bend are. They're kind of in the hilly area. right before okay. Pass. So that's where my books are based in a small town. It has a ton of Victorian houses like Fort Townsend. And so it's just a, a beautiful old town, but a lot of the, the history is in these old Victorian homes. And that's where a lot of the books take place. So oh, very cool. Victorian homes so okay and so as the series progresses um is it just about this same same main character or are there no. different characters for each I'm one of those I, all my books are standalone books you don't need to okay. read the whole series to get it my books also have repeat characters I so love the that first series of the grave intention series all of these characters all come together so it's the first couple meets the second couple, then they meet the third person, and they kind of you know bring this all along. And so I, I and then I decided with this Witches of Whitman series, they still bleed over into this new series. Okay. Okay. Because the first series is based on psychics and psychic mediums and a Nephilim, which is half angel, half human character, that um, they're the ones that kind of defeat the bad guys in a paranormal way. So the characters from your other series are in this one too? Yes. Oh, I love that. Oh, your readers well, are going to love well, you, that. You learn in the second book that the Vatican has hired them to start looking for people. Ooh. And it's the Vatican kind of orchestrating this whole thing. And so the next series after this, which is a Whitman one, I'm, there's a character that's in all of these, the tech guy. He's going to get his own spinoff series. Ooh, fun. And okay. Again, it's going to be the Vatican and the government working together. It's mostly around aliens and wow. places and things. So, yeah, we're going to go way out there. You're going to have some fun stuff coming up. I love way, that. Way, way, way Nice. Out so the yeah, second book in the Witches of Wickham? Oh, it's Whitman. Whit okay. Uh, Witches of Whitman. Series. Whitman. 
Okay, it, sorry. Actually, I, I've written it. It's, I got it back from the editor. Decided I'm going to write all three books. And then if I release them, we'll release them in, in short succession, mainly because the, the I, in my books, I have two villains. I have a human villain and a paranormal one. Ooh. And mostly in the Witches of Whitman one, um, there's one common uh, specter through all three books. Okay. In the first book, she appears as a ghost. The second one, she embodies water and possesses people. And the third book is one we have to kill her off. Yeah. So what is your favorite holiday book to read? You know, it, for me, the one book that I know I've read over and over and over again is Mrs. Miracle by Debbie Martin wow. Homer. It's just such a heartwarming, I love beautiful that book. story. And it's like, it's good for anyone. I mean, it doesn't matter what genre you love. It's, it's a, such a good heartwarming story. It really is. The other things that I would love doing at Christmas, especially at Christmas, you see so many of them, is the anthologies that come out to like benefit St. Jude's Hospital or Diabetes yeah. Research. And, and so I have a lot of those that I've read, like uh, Christmas at uh, Mistletoe Lodge I've read. Um, Shifters and Mistletoe came out last year. Had oh, a fun. lot of New York Times bestselling and novels. And I, I like reading Shifter books if they're done well, but because um, it's just such a different thing yeah. than I write. So I like, oh, wow. I, and then one of the writers in that particular series really in that quick anthology really did so much world building around the pack life i enjoyed that little book more than i had ever enjoyed all the others that had just your common knowledge what's expected in the genre but i mean mm -hmm. she really built up how you take care of the cubs how you you know do this how you do that and it's like wow she really put a lot of thought into this so i really did love that and i, I just didn't. purchased let's get naughty book one all right and when you hear a book one, you know more naughty's coming so i thought you know what i'm i like that it has 37 different authors oh. i only know of one of them okay so, so like, i love wow. how that just opened you up to a whole new yes. group of people so yeah exactly so, so i mean they're not big reads they're usually really short but if you like that writer's style or their the way yeah they're the way they portrayed their characters it's like you might find a new for you author. So I thought, you know, hey, I for 37 that. authors and I'm down, I'm right, I'm gonna buy that. 99 cents, you can't go wrong. Can't beat that, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. You know? and I just might find a new, new to me author that I love. So I thought, I'm doing it. There's a good so. chance at it, yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Really. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was at Disney yesterday and this that title, um, Let's Get Naughty, made me think of this. We saw a guy with a t-shirt on that said, naughty is the new nice. <laughs> so it made me think about that. I'm like, I really enjoy that t-shirt. That's really funny. That is funny. Oh, that's true. A bunch of people can entertain you just by their shirt. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. So where can people connect with you, Aiden? Oh, they can connect with me on Facebook. I have my own, um, I have my Haunted Apothecary, Aiden Brooks Haunted Apothecary. That's my readers group on Facebook. Huh. I'm also on Instagram. And also I have my own website. And I always include the first chapter on my website. So aidenworks.com. And then okay. the book section are all my books and the first chapters there. If you like those ghosty paranormal kind of stories and you want to see if you like my writing style, go to my website, read that to the website. Chapter. You can always go and buy it if you like. If you want to know, if you sign up for my newsletter, you get the deleted chapter of my first Ooh. book. Not for everyone. But if you like that wild side of the paranormal, mm -hmm. I'm your gal. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. I will link to your website, your Instagram and your Facebook group in okay. my show notes. Well, thank you so much for joining me thank today. You. I really enjoyed chatting with you. I enjoyed it as well. I hope you have a great, happy holiday and thank holidays you. and a beautiful and blessed 2023. Thanks for joining me today on the Literary Escapes podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and maybe would like some more Literary Escape book recommendations, then come check out the Literary Escape Society. We're a community of travelers who love books or maybe book lovers who love to travel. Either way, if you need an escape, a literary escape, come join us as we read our way around the world together, one book at a time. Check out the show notes to learn more about the Literary Escape Society. And we'll see you next time on the next episode.